I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. And let's talk about what lessons have found. Let's hang out. And let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Let's Hang Out. I'm Ellie Brigida. And I'm Lee Holmes Foster, and here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This Week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. And we would like to remind you all, we are coming out with a brilliant original podcast musical. Keep an eye out for our Kickstarter and for all of our casting announcements. We are so excited. The musical event of the decade, really. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be great. Yeah, check out our Kickstarter and uh, help us, you know, make this happen. Oh, yes. And if you're looking for more virtual events, we are going to be having our next trivia night. It will be on October 22nd. It is going to be Orphan Black Trivia, so you better get studying. It will be starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's going to be amazing. In the greater Les universe, there are quite a few Netflix shows. I know last week I was like, hate you netflix this week we're back on the netflix train sorry netflix we're fickle people is what love we're you saying. again but it still is the same issue it's just the first season so they better give it a second but i just started watching teenage bounty hunters loving it if you want some gay rep and also just a great show the writing is incredible it's so weird and quirky and i just love the characters so check out teenage bounty hunters on netflix and also on netflix Umbrella Academy season two. Lee, have you caught up? I have not yet, but I know I spent the entirety of season one 
talking about how very, very gay Vanya was and not believing that they actually wrote this character to be straight. So I'm glad that they realized their mistake. Now we don't have to do a should have been gay on Umbrella Academy because Vanya has finally gotten a gay love story, which is so much more realistic than the first season. So much more. I'm like, I won't say any more spoilers, but great show. I will say I like the first season more than the second season, except for the gay. So if you move the gay from the second season into the first season, perfect. Perfect season of TV. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you know what I why I put this in here, Lee, so I'll talk about it. Lesbian penguins. <laughs> Lesbian penguins. There just, are, that's it. That's it. Sold. I love looking up just the word lesbian on Google and seeing what comes up in the news. So... What came up? So that's like playing with fire, really. Sometimes it's very traumatic. Um, other times it's lesbian penguins. So it's a it's a Russian roulette of sorts. But <laughs> this week, lesbian penguins Viola and Electra adopted their own egg. Gaby penguins. I just think that's so sweet. There were these two lesbian penguins at the zoo, and they were make they were nesting with rocks. And so the zoo personnel saw, oh, these two lesbian penguins, they really want a baby. So they took an egg from another heterosexual couple and gave it to them. Um, Also, the phrasing of some of the things were so hilarious. It was like the other couple didn't even notice that the egg was gone and they have a new baby already. Like, (laughs) I'm like, cool. Um, And then they also mentioned these two gay penguins who, and I kid you not, kidnapped an egg. From a heterosexual penguin couple. Just, they're living that be gay, do crimes life, and I support them. They literally said, like, wrote the word kidnapped. Um, So this is a much more heartwarming story. Indeed. Yeah, so, I don't know, gay penguins, honestly, it's where it's at. I'm here for it. Yeah. Our last news that we want to touch on, some of you might have seen, especially you Reno fans, might have seen that Niecy Nash just got married to uh to a woman to a singer named jessica betts so that was kind of like a fun you know what a way to come out <laughs> yeah i love too that it was like with your wedding it was like nothing about my sexuality hey i'm married yeah great but i also love that it's yeah, like it's super great. fluid and, and I love like it. you know it's like it's this is the big deal here is is just that i got married um and i kind of love that that's great but, you know also welcome to the community nisi happy to have you we, we always love a new one <laughs> or we an really old do. one who now we know is new. <laughs> Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. And welcome to our 50th installment of Should Have Been Gay. Oh, it was fun. It was great. But it should have been a little more gay. And this week, Lee, you usually write songs, but I have written a song for us My heart. this week. Listeners, gonna, I gasped and clutched at my pearls. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, raise you a guitar. So, well, that's cheating. <laughs> so here we go. It's the only way to start this episode. And I'm once so you hear it, everyone will know what we're doing. All right, here we go. Okay. <laughs> Lezzie's, we're here on your headphones, and we planned it out for weeks now, but we're finally back again. <laughs> Lezzie's right now is the first time we can dream about what happens when you hear our rants again. (laughs) The only 
only thing we wanna do is gay it up for you. Yes, we're doing folklore, that was baby. That was so beautiful. <laughs> oh, I wish I had a lighter right now. Just I will, I will say I was very nervous to perform for you. You? I was like, yes. I was like, all right, get the nerves out. I hope Lee likes my lyrics. I, I my think best. they're beautiful. I'm handing over all my songwriting duties to you. You're welcome. <laughs> God damn it. No, I can't write songs, Lee. You know I can't do it. <laughs> um, that's what I said once upon a time, Ellie, and yet here we are. Here we are. Well, in this here week's episode, we are. if you couldn't tell from the song, we're going to be talking about folklore, and we are joined by Becca DeMonte. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, Becca. Hey, thanks so much for having me. We are very excited to have you here. Becca is a Taylor Swift expert, a freelance writer for Tag Magazine and The Advocate, as well as the co-founder of Pride and Less Prejudice, a nonprofit organization that raises money to donate LGBTQ inclusive books to elementary school classrooms. Very cool. Very cool. You're basically um, the gay Dolly Parton. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like oh that because you know how Dolly does. What is I don't forget what it's called. Yeah, the but... uh, the Imagination Library. Yes, but that's you for gays. Yes, <laughs> I love it. It is Dolly Parton, <laughs> but for gays. I should put that in my Twitter bio. If, if... Yeah, because everyone knows Dolly's really not for the gays. <laughs> yeah, at all, I'm like right? Dolly Parton, but even gayer. How about that? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, and this is exciting for us because you are joining us, Becca, on our very first should have been gay for an album this is Very this is exciting. new territory for us and i can't think of a better album to start with oh no oh, i'm so excited <laughs> as our listeners all know we usually start with our imdb synopsis of the movie or the show that we happen to be covering today ellie what did you find for us this is the like a blurb of it i found Whatever sentences I liked from Wikipedia. <laughs> awesome. Love it. Here's our folklore blurb. Folklore is the eighth studio album by American singer-songwriter Taylor Swift, released on July 24th, 2020, through Republic Records. It portrays what Swift called a collection of songs and stories that flowed like a stream of consciousness rising out of her imagination, and it manifests vivid storytelling from largely third-person narratives that detail heartbreak and retrospection. Beautiful synopsis, Lee. It's, uh, well, I didn't write it, but thank you so much. <laughs> you always read them so well, though. <laughs> <laughs> I should do, like, voice acting work or something, huh? You should. Right. Crazy idea. <laughs> so, I feel like for this episode, I want to start with Becca. I know that's a lot of pressure, but you're our expert here. So what is your gay synopsis of folklore? Yeah, my gay synopsis is Taylor Swift reflecting on her lesbian longings that she's had uh, since childhood. Valid. That is very yes. true. With a with a sprinkle of uh, love stories about Carly Kloss, for sure, which we'll talk <laughs> about later. <laughs> I'm like, and that could yes. be almost any album. That Taylor Swift has made since, what, Reputation? I don't know. Lee, what's yours? So, okay, I think if I had to give a gay synopsis of this album, I would say Taylor Swift cosplays gay via song slightly more uh, elaborately than um, any previous time she has also done that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Slightly. That's my take. Yes. 
I like the it's idea. It's like it's a little more. It's like we're you know there's there's growth there. There's progression. Yes, I like the idea of her cosplaying. Like she's like, let me just put on. I'm gonna put on this gay character right. for you all. It's a third person narrative song. I'm not gay. It's not the me. person singing yes. the song who is not me is gay. Yes, but yes. I'm singing it as them. Yeah. Yes, I love it. My gay synopsis is. Taylor Swift crafts the perfect teenage lesbian love triangle with folklore, and the gays are here for it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm obsessed with the, the love triangle song, so we'll, we'll talk about those. So yes, clearly very gay. We do want to say, <laughs> before we start as a disclaimer, we are going to be talking you, about- We should have disclaimered a while back wait, already. I know, as we're like- <laughs> Taylor, no, you're not. But <laughs> all in good fun, we do also do not want to put sexuality on a real person. So we will be talking about folklore and how the album is gay, not necessarily what Taylor Swift's sexuality is. We also are going to get into Kaylor because it's too fun not to. But <laughs> <laughs> well, and because it's hard to talk about folklore without talking about the, the oh, yeah, you conspiracy can't ignore. theories yeah, you can't that it. exist. Yeah. But Disclaimer is we know absolutely not a single thing about Taylor Swift's sexuality, nor are we saying anything concrete about it. We are just dreaming about a, an album. That's all. An album of beautiful songs. Yeah, I like it. Okay. So, And speaking of that album, Becca, so you're coming in as our, our expert here. So tell us a little bit. What's your what's your Swiftery? What's your Taylor, uh, Taylor Swift? Swiftery. Swiftery. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I have uh, quite a Taylor Swift history. I can't believe I'm going to admit all of this on a podcast. Please do. Um, but I've been a big fan of Taylor Swift, um, I think, since Fearless. That was the first album of hers that I listened to and really got into. And I went to go see her live uh, when I was 15. Uh, and she sang 15. And it was absolutely incredible. And I remember dressing up as Taylor Swift for Halloween in ninth grade because I thought that was cool, which it definitely wasn't. There's some, uh, some great pictures pictures of that we're gonna need and to see then those. a few years yes, later yes, yes. a few years later my cousins uh my cousin and my sister and some friends and I went to go see her speak now tour and we were like really obsessed with her and totally just like wanted to meet her and we heard that um her mom goes around the audience looking for people who are like big fans to meet Taylor Swift and bring her bring them backstage to this like tea party um thing to meet all of her fans. I did not meet Taylor Swift, but we were all dressed up as Taylor Swift in like wow. nosebleed seats in New Jersey and we had a giant poster that had like 13 reasons why we loved Taylor Swift. It was like it was pretty embarrassing looking back. I think uh, that's amazing. There's that no is shame. amazing. No shame. So very much a very <laughs> much a fan girl love story. <laughs> that's um, incredible. This is not Taylor Swift, but like I was so obsessed with Miley Cyrus and Hannah Montana that I had a Hannah Montana wig, and I feel like I still had it until like three years ago. <laughs> so you know. Sometimes there's just some some musicians, some performers that you're just obsessed with and you dress up like them and it's fine and it's totally mm -hmm. normal Absolutely. and not weird. So and not gay. Yeah, not at it's all. Fine. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about you, Ellie? What's your swiftery? Swift swift swiftery. I'm gonna get like, better at saying it. I feel like maybe we're a similar age, Becca, but Fearless was also one of my favorite albums of all time. Even now still 
if I'm feeling very dramatic and I'm driving in my car, I'll put on Fearless and um, I'll just like cry my <laughs> eyes out. Um, I was telling you guys before we got on mic as well. I just I get very emotional when I listen to Taylor Swift. So I listened to Folklore two or three times today and it got me in such like a deep depression that I needed to stop listening to it. But I love her. I also went to I I think the Speak Now tour at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Close wow. to you. Yeah, close to my hometown. Yeah. And it was great. I loved it. I think she's awesome, so I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited that sh- that there's all this speculation about her because I love her, and I feel like that's how most people feel. They're like, oh, I love her, and I just want it to be true. So. See, and this is where you can tell you think you're around the same age, and I'm like, I'm older. <laughs> because I feel like Taylor Swift was like sort of a non-entity for me until like 2014-ish, whenever, whenever Blank Space came out, because... I mean, not like a non-entity. You knew Taylor Swift was around. You knew the kind of like you knew Love Story and the song, you know, like you heard all the songs and whatever. But I don't think I really like paid much attention to Taylor Swift in any real way. And then when Kelsey and I moved out to California in 2014, and so when I was first out here, I uh, was a A, finishing writing my dissertation and then B, looking for jobs. And so I had a lot of time where I wasn't doing much during the day, and we only had one car, so I would, like, drop Kelsey off at the ferry and pick her up every day, so I was driving more and listening to the radio more than I I probably did for, like, the past six or or ten years before that. And it it was when Blank Space came out, so I know it has to have been sometime around that year. And, of course, when it first came out, I mean, good lord, it was on the radio every other song just about. Like, it was ridiculous, right? So I would hear it all the time. Um, And it was the first time where I kind of consciously was paying attention to her songs, knowing that, like, I think I knew even at the time that she wrote most of her own, like, wrote all of her own stuff. And I was like, you know, it's, it's... it's funny. Like, I'm like, it's a funny song. It's, it's poking fun at like herself and her stuff and the media and the everything. It's like tongue in cheek. And like, I liked it. She's I was good. like, I, she's clever. It's, it's, she's clever. That's, that's the thing that stuck out about it for me is like, I feel like a lot of her other songs, they had been kind of like, you know, teenager boppy stuff. And I'm like, they're good. Like, I know she's writing them good for her. Like they're, they're like good songs, you know? And, and I always think, uh, I, I give a lot more credence these days to any like professional singer who like actually writes their own songs because so many of them don't. And this was the first one though where I was like, (laughs) I think it's clever and funny and I'm like kind of here for it. And then since then, it just feels like it's been this unending uh, queer awareness of Taylor Swift. She's also like, in terms of um, like output, like she's insane. It's in, yeah, it's like, it's, it's so insane much. insane how quickly she writes, how, like, how quickly she gets another album out. Yeah. It's just, it's just incredible. Um, and how gay they continue to be more yes. and more each time. I, I think that's the gayer. other thing is, like, that also sort of um, coincided with my awareness of, like, the kind of undertones that are always there, you know? And, I mean, that's even leading up to, like, some of the the obvious ones that, that I'm sure we will talk about. But, so, yeah. So, I my journey's more recent. It's a little it's fresher and newer, you know? That's okay, Lee. But I feel like, yeah, Taylor has, has always had that teenage angst part of my soul. Yep. <laughs> Whenever I want to revert back, I just listen to Fearless. 
<laughs> and I'm like, you're white horse. <laughs> oh, it's so good and so angsty. But let's talk about folklore. We're not here to talk about Fearless, the best album of all time. We'll do we'll do another one, Ellie. We'll do another episode. Well, it's not that gay, but it's just like we, gets, you gets don't me. believe we could make all it. Right, gay we could make it. <laughs> <laughs> but Becca, so since we've never done a should have been gay for an album, I was thinking we could just go like song for song, and each of us can just pick a song that speaks to us. So, Becca, what to you? was like one of the songs that spoke to you as, oh, this is gay. Oh, absolutely. So I know that when I first listened to the album, which I do have to admit was at midnight when it came out. So Taylor Swift basically was like, I'm dropping an album in like 12 hours or whatever. And I was like, oh my God. So stayed up late listening to the whole thing while my friends were also listening and like everybody on Twitter was going crazy. And so everybody was talking about Betty, which obviously is very gay, but I'm going to go a little bit out of left field here and say that I think that the gayest song off of this album is Seven. Oh, Oh, I like it. Yeah. So there's a lot of references in Seven. The first one that hit me was, we can be pirates, then you won't have to cry or hide in the closet. I took that as Taylor Swift talking about her or someone else, two, two people who were in the closet and sort of had a hidden love story uh, when they were younger. And it sort of reminded me of a romance that I had when I was in elementary school. Um, Wait, tell us more. <laughs> yeah, we need to, we need the backstory here. This is an investigative investigative podcast, really, at its core. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it was not. It, I mean, it was like a once or twice kind of thing where I like kissed a girl when I was younger, and so I was like listening to this song and like totally thinking about that. And what's kind of ironic is we kissed and we were in my closet. But anyways, of course, um, stop it. Um, So yeah, I think this song was like, pretty much the gayest one for me. Um, I think there were a lot of lyrics in it that just had sort of like gay imagery. She talks about passing things down like folk songs. Um, She talked about the moon and Saturn, which just reminded me of like horoscopes and like astrology. And I read somewhere that Saturn is a trans and lesbian deity in Hindu astrology. So, And I I bet you Taylor knows that too. Absolutely. (laughs) She's just like packing in these references. And I don't know, it just spoke to the time of like kissing and not being able to tell because, you know, society doesn't see see this as like a valid experience. And it sort of just, yeah, reminded me of that. And I think it's, I think it's, I don't know if I would say it's my favorite song off of the album. I, I have some others that I like better, but I definitely think it's the gayest. I love it. I love it. And there's also like, I feel like there's other things, um, like the, the chorus has that like, cross your heart, cross my heart. It's like, yeah, I could totally see that interpretation of like, this kind of like childhood, pseudo romance you know like that that puppy love that kids have that like you know it's like sort of kind of a secret you know and like it might not go anywhere your dad's always mad I don't know there's something going on there I could see it it definitely feels very much like yeah just trying to make somebody feel better about being gay which is nice like I'll protect you. I'll make sure you don't have to live in the closet anymore. Like, we're going to move. Like, I, I, I'm i like, oh, my God. 
um, I just had a memory. But like, <laughs> like literally, I remember when I was younger and not like it wasn't like, oh, I'll protect you and like keep you safe and all that kind of stuff. But it was like like me and my best friend had this plan to live together on a farm in Vermont, just the two of us <laughs> and have all these animals. And we were going to have just like this dog farm and it was just going to be me and her forever. And like that idea of like Taylor Swift being like, yeah, we'll we'll go to India like we always said we would. <laughs> like, all this stuff. Um, like okay. Okay. I know. I'm like, wait, so it wasn't just Becca. <laughs> I had it. I love this as gay, as a gay reading, because it's also like, I feel like it's so innocent. It's like little kid innocence gay, you know? Absolutely. We need more of that. There's not a lot of that out there, even like still in the media, you know? Like, I feel like there's still this idea of like, we have more gay characters in things, but it tends to be like past a certain age still, you know? Like, I don't feel like we've we've quite gotten to the point yet of people getting that, like, most people who are gay, like, somewhere in the back of their head, like, you look back and a lot of things make sense in hindsight, you yeah. know? Like, I had a huge crush on, like, my second grade teacher, maybe? Third yep. grade teacher? I don't Sounds remember. Right. Yep. Same. Huge, huge crush that, like, I had, like, had, did not have anywhere close to the understanding or awareness of at that age, you know, but like in hindsight, you're like, why did I used to just imagine how pretty she would look if she wore like a long green ball gown dress to class? <laughs> like, what? And I was in a bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even there. It was just like, wow, she would look beautiful in that, you know? And you're like, oh, there it is. Yep. I yep. see it now. Um, at the time, I was just like, huh, that's a fun thought. <laughs> yep. And you don't get enough of that, you know? We need we need that, like, child, like, innocent gay as well. Well, that's what I love about folklore in general. And that's why I, like, latch on to that teenage love triangle that she's got going on. Because I, I still stick to my statement that Betty is the gay love story. It, it literally has the same chords. Like, she, she literally just, like, took love story and was like, let me make it gay. But I want to save Betty because there's honestly too much to talk about for Betty. <laughs> but one of the three, so the three that are in this love triangle that Taylor Swift has hinted at that there's three songs on the album that talk about the love triangle. And that's Cardigan, Betty, and August. And I think Cardigan is one of the gayest songs as well. I mean, have you seen the music video? It's like this forest. It's like totally cottagecore vibe. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's so cottagecore. Is, is uh, T-Swift on TikTok these days? Because Yeah, T-Swift is a co- would be on cottagecore TikTok. There's, uh, there's some cottagecore content to be found is all I'm saying. Even just the way that like, and this, this is also maybe going to be problematic, but like I just can't imagine she's talking about a man in a cardigan. <laughs> yes like men can wear cardigans i know but in my brain i'm like no like i used to wear cardigans G- teenage girls in high school wear cardigans from i'm like used to it's, from american it's eagle a, like, it's a similar <laughs> problem i have with with that one line in betty is the cardigan line i'm like there's and that's why because card like the cardigan line in betty is yeah, a throwback carries. to mm-hmm. this and also there's a line in Cardigan that she keeps repeating 
when you are young, they assume you know nothing, which I feel like also ties in with what we're talking about with seven, where it's like people are like, oh, how would you even know you're gay? You're in high school. Like, how would you even know that you like girls? You're just seven years old in a closet. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, like, I don't know. Everything about it just feels very gay to me. Like that, that frustration of like, we're young, but we know what we're doing like we know we're in love with each other I feel I totally see that I totally see that even when she says like chase two girls lose the one I'm like okay so she had a crush on two girls and then like (laughs) lost the one because maybe they weren't gay or maybe they were like in the closet and weren't sure that they wanted to date and I'm like this is a lesbian love triangle I can't see it as anything else. well it's 100% is because if you think about it okay so if you think about Taylor as James right yeah and the line chase two girls what is it? Chase two girls, Chase lose two the girls, one. Lose the one. Yeah. That's when James gets picked up in the car, right? Chasing that one girl all summer and also chasing Betty, but mm-hmm. loses Betty. So it literally makes complete sense that Taylor is chasing two girls and losing the one. The only other like straight way to read it would be that Taylor is singing from a male perspective here, correct? Eh, I guess. I like how there's just no reaction. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I can see how someone might read it the opposite way, but I feel like that's just heteronormativity talking and like homonormativity says Taylor, (laughs) who is a who is a female voice singing about two women is also singing from a female perspective. Um, We always want that homonormative take. Yes, absolutely. Also, she was named after James Taylor, so like she could easily be James and uh, as the theory goes, James, Inez, and Betty, who are all mentioned in Betty, are uh, the children of Ryan Reynolds and uh, Blake Lively. And I believe James is their daughter, not their son. So just, yes. just saying. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> I will say so. I got into TikTok this summer. And one of the things that I did on TikTok was react to watching to listening to Betty. And I was like, oh, my God, it's gay, gay, gay. And then people were like, oh, well, James is a guy. And I like flipped out and I started just researching. I was like, there's no way James is a guy. And then all the stuff that came up where people were saying Taylor's named after James Taylor. And I was like, yes, I've been vindicated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On that triumphant note, Ellie, why don't we take a quick break? Here's some sponsors and then we will be right back to talk some more about. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. 
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Cardigan. Okay, and I want to jump us back in because one of the things that I also love, and and I know you already said it, but I want us to spend a little more time on it because I love it so much, is you called out the the line of, um, like, when you're young, they assume you know nothing, which, A, I love because I do, I think it's true, I think it's something that a lot of queer people, like, that line resonates with because we are told that all the time, you know? Like, you can't know you're gay. It's you're too young to know you're gay. Like, how could kids know that, you know, as though six-year-olds don't, like, walk around talking about their boyfriends? Like, fine. What I love about it is even if that line, like, as a throwout within the song, she says herself later in the song, because I knew everything when I was young. And I'm like, as a a queer person, you're just like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I feel that in my bones, you know, you're like, don't tell us that we don't know as kids, like, you can know, you know, especially if you have any sort of, like, context or understanding of it, like, you know, I understand most kids probably don't because, like, you don't learn that, like, gay exists until, you know, like, you somehow stumble upon it in whatever year that is but you know it's like it's not like if you hadn't known earlier like you know (laughs) well it's also like this particular song i'm like this is this is from the perspective of high schoolers i think like there are straight people who marry their high school sweetheart and no one's like well you didn't know anything like right (laughs) you stayed with one person for the for your whole life and you met them when you were 16 like you don't know love that's like right. they do. It's like the most romanticized story, if yes. anything, for straight people, right? To be like, oh, they were high school sweethearts and they grew up next door and they've known each other since they were two years old. And they old. were in love in kindergarten. Right, exactly. That is like that's like the the ideal still, you know, of like true romance. And you're like, <laughs> why? <laughs> Everyone you've met since age two was terrible. Like it's, you know. There's a whole big world out there. So, yeah, fair. Fair point. Fair yes, point to you, But Allie. I'm still for um, lesbian high school sweethearts, which would also happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to start happening more, too, now, especially with, like, you know, the, the next generation, man. They are they're they're all it. over it. All right. So, Lee. Okay. Was, oh, God. Does that mean I have to take Betty? I have to take Betty. You have to take Betty. But, I mean, we also could talk about other songs. We don't only have to talk about three songs. But I just figured that'd be a good way we to start. We don't. But I think if I get to pick, I, there's no way I'm not picking Betty. All right. Great. Let's do it. <laughs> and 
and plus it's perfect because Betty was the first song I listened to on the album. And I and again because I think, you know, most of what what I had seen was so much of the queer responses to things and so I just decided to like, you know, start at the top of that list. Um and Betty was high. <laughs> yeah. Betty was high on that list and of course it is. Name a line in this song that isn't gay. Like Let me try. I'm sorry. <laughs> Betty on uh, uh I'm on my skateboard riding past your house. I couldn't breathe rumors Ru- oh god rumors the uh, i'm sorry i the whole line of like kissing All in front of your stupid friends. friends i'm just like this song's gay it's so this song's gay it's so i don't gay. care if your girl is named james this is the same argument that like you know we just made ellie of like uh it's 2020 i can have a lesbian named seymour i can have a lesbian named james okay hell yeah yeah. And I love that lesbian named James. <laughs> and I love her gayest fuck song. This song is the absolute gayest. Becca, what when you first heard Betty, like what was your visceral reaction? I mean, I was just like in awe, but what was sort of going through my head as I was thinking about um the scene in the movie the half of it where the main character is like riding on her skateboard and i was like this literally could be the soundtrack to the half of it like i'm so excited about this yes also did you ever skateboard i did not skateboard my dad tried to skateboard once and then i never got on a skateboard (laughs) (laughs) it ended badly yes did you skateboard ellie yes i had a big i had a big childhood skateboarding phase it's fine i had a really big phase too can you ollie i honestly don't remember i was i was little i don't even yeah i could like kick it up like a little when okay, i was that's little like an and ollie. i used to could just i used jump to up. we had like a big um stair thing that was like these really like wide like deep stairs like in one of the kind of like parks down at the end of my street and it's like you could I could kind of like ride down that on my that was like nice. my big that was like my big move you know nice yeah love it I love yeah I that loved... was that was in like my full-time tomboy phase of like skateboarding and biking around the neighborhood and stuff I did split my chin open on my skateboard once I was like pretty hardcore so <laughs> what did the deck of your skateboard look like you know how you have like something on the bottom I think it was just colored I don't remember Oh, I'm was, old now, Ellie. My memory was, starts to go. Mine was camouflage, so I just always <laughs> thought it was like I had some. I like had a really like camo phase. I loved camo. Mm, that sounds about right. Bottom line is skateboarding's gay. It's okay. It's not just that skateboarding is gay. I mean, it is. Book smart, anyone? Come on. Uh, yes. Here's my big problem with Betty. I would be totally fine, and I. I mean, to a certain extent, I love the third person narrative thing of the album. I do. Um, I know I'm going to read all of them as lesbians, but I get it. I still, it, it's not that I can't see it. I see it. I just don't care. Uh, <laughs> I think that's sort of the point, though. I think Taylor wants us to read it as gay. Yes. I, I, she let's wants talk us about to read it as gay. Later. She let's... wants other people to read it as straight. She wants yes. us to be able to put our own spin on it. And here's the thing about putting this spin on it. If you wanted to write a song from the perspective of a teenage boy, great, cool this ain't it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry, but you name me the high school teenage boy who was like, I was on my skateboard riding past your house and I just like, I couldn't breathe because I miss you so much. Name one. Name one teenage boy who is like that emotional and angsty and isn't uh, also gay and talking about a boy in that house. Like, it does not (laughs) exist. (laughs) A hundred percent. Right? It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. 
This is a song told from a from like a very feminine perspective. Like that's that's the thing about it that I can't shake. Like no matter how many times I try to be like, what if I pretend it's a? I'm like, no. <laughs> it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work. make any sense. It just it it doesn't. This is a girl singing this. Like this this. I'm sorry. What boy is like? Would you lead me to the garden? Like, and I could wear your cardigan. Like, no. Non, exactly. Not the cardigan is really the is the like linchpin here. Like that's you can't do anything like with a man in a cardigan. Sorry. <laughs> um, Are men even allowed in cardigans legally? Is what we're asking. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. This is so bad. Men, you can wear whatever you want. <laughs> but but still, James is a, is a woman in a cardigan. Yes. Um, <laughs> But, you know, you could do what you want. I feel like because this one is so gay, I want to go as much as we can through the lyrics. So the first verse, right? This is sort of just, it's just such an adventure, right? So <laughs> You taking us on a journey. Betty and James were in the same homeroom. Mm-hmm. And Betty changed her homeroom to get away from James because she was so heartbroken that the love of her life slept with another woman. Painful. So then... Obviously, real James realizes that's because of her. Inez, I feel like, is also another queer friend. Mm-hmm. The gossipy queer Everyone's friend, queer. I'm here for it right? already. Inez is definitely in on it. And she actually has a crush on Betty. This is me adding some more spin. And so Inez is like, oh, Betty, can you believe what James did? Because she's trying to get Betty to sleep with her as well. So that's Inez. What else? She also says, I'm only 17. I don't know anything, but I know I miss you. And that's also, I feel like, a good callback. Yes. To Cardigan. That is so true. I feel like we are that gif of, like, with the crazy conspiracy board. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because it is. It's like this plus this plus this. And Ellie has strings on the wall behind her right now. (laughs) Yes. I can't stop doing it. Oh, and then in verse two, she says, I hate the crowds. You know that. Plus, I saw you dance with him. And if that isn't the most heartbreaking gay moment mm-hmm. of like, Betty's like, all right, James, you don't want me? Well, he wants me. And then she starts dancing with a boy and you're or, like. <laughs> or even like the, I, this was all just a, a thing and like, I'm not really into girls. So like, I'm totally going back to guys now. Yeah. It's that heartbreaking moment. Rough. Rough. We need, let's talk about the bridge. So this will be the most in-depth we get on any song because this is the gayest one. So James is walking home on broken cobblestones. (laughs) So dramatic. (laughs) Thinking of Betty when some other woman pulls up and says, James, get in. Let's drive. And then she starts dating this woman the entire summer. If that ain't gay. (laughs) James James U-Hauls in high school. James literally U-Hauled after me. Okay. Is this going too deep into this? But here's the other thing about that, right? Because it's like, uh, days turn into nights, so it's like, she's kind of saying, like, I slept next to this other girl all summer long. You're in high school. What straight couple do you know in high school that got to, like, spend every night together? That is very true. Right? No, I'm sorry. You knew the gay couples who were hiding it and had sleepovers. That's it. (laughs) That literally blew my mind. You're welcome. That is the biggest defense of this song I've heard all day. Because yes, there's no way a, ma- a, 
a 17-year-old boy would get to sleep with his girlfriend every night. <gasps> that shit don't happen. This is earth-shattering. <laughs> Silence descends on the podcast. I've blown your minds. Because that's something that I feel like we don't hear in theory enough. And I mm -hmm. feel like that is, you can't dispute that. <laughs> wow. Incontrovertible proof, everyone. You can't. We've cracked the case, okay? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Look, as someone who played that game and did sleep next to her girlfriend in high school a lot of nights under the guise of sleepovers, <laughs> all I'm saying is you don't get to do that when you're a dude uh, talking about a girl. That's all. That's incredible. And then we finally get the reunion that we've all been waiting for. James comes to Betty's doorstep, planned it out for weeks now. Oh, my God. Okay, so do we feel like this is, like, senior year? Is that what's happening? I like, think it must be, right? James yeah. is going off to college and is like, I need to see you before I leave. I need to tell you how I feel one last time. So Betty. dramatic, Betty. And this line, will you kiss me on the porch in front of all your stupid friends? That is the line that killed me the first time I listened to this song. Absolutely. Like, I feel like that's a line that queer people are just like, ding, 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 ding. Like, <laughs> like is, we there hear that? is there a straight explanation for that? Like, would a girl ever, like, feel uncomfortable kissing a boy in front of her friends? Silence. <laughs> Literally, like, I'm like, I really just... am, really am trying to think about it. I'm like, I'm like, okay, so when I was straight in high school, quote, quote unquote. Just silence. I mean, again, it's nobody emotions. cares. You're in you're in high school. People are expect like they're like, oh, yeah, yeah people are making out. Like people were making out in the hallways. Yes. I was just gonna say, like, up against the fucking lockers yes. in high school. Like they yes. did they were not ashamed of this. No. Okay. No. This is they are um, it is an emotional space that like does not make sense for a teenage boy to inhabit in this song. No. It just doesn't. It doesn't match. There's a disconnect there that, like, is so blatantly jarring. And as soon as you hear, and and it's easy to hear the song sung from a female perspective, since it, it is. is, that you're just like, right, obviously, obviously. Like, and then we- And also because they don't end up kissing, they're kissing in the car later. She's still a little ashamed, everyone. I had everyone. my first kiss in a car with a girl, let's uh, be honest. Wait, I thought it was day. in the closet. Don't lie to us, Becca. We've heard the oh, truth. Yeah. <laughs> She's fair. like, well, first, like, adult kiss. First adult kiss. Sure. Yeah, first sure. adult kiss. Investigative. Didn't we say that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's mine's yes. a steel trap, okay? Well, how I envisioned it was that they did kiss at the party. And then... And then move to the car. They just keep kissing yeah. because mm -hmm. they're just so in love. And we bring back the cardigan. And Done. you know you want to you want to bring us to you have to do August right we'll finish we can't leave it unfinished yes um actually Becca do you want to talk about August do you have notes on August uh yeah I have a little bit um I thought uh one of my favorite lines and the gayest lines in August was whispers of are you sure never have I ever before I, I mean, mean... If that's not gay I'm like <laughs> I don't know that has to be about kissing a girl uh -huh. for the first time I mean look I've seen one or two hundred coming out movies that might have a scene that you know sort of um feels familiar in these lines yeah there's so 100%. many also, when she goes, wanting was enough, for me it was enough. I was like, you wanted the girl, that was enough for you to know that you were gay. I mean, how else do you interpret that line? Yes. I've had so many conversations with people, um, like, in term we'll talk about, like, bisexuality or stuff like that, where people will be like, oh, well, 
how do you know if you're bi if you've never been with a girl like you've only been with guys and it's like you can know you're attracted to women like it's the same thing like wanting was enough right Mm -hmm. like you don't have to execute seems like a weird word but you don't have to like actually do anything to know your feelings are real so I think that's like very 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 valid line wanting was enough (laughs) (laughs) god it's so good it's okay but so is your argument on this Ellie that August is told from the perspective of the other girl yes it's definitely from the perspective of the person who picks James up Get in, loser. We're going to be lesbians together. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Remember when I pulled up and said, get in the car and then canceled my plans just in case you'd call. And clearly this person is far more invested in James than James Mm -hmm. is invested in them, which is really sad. Well, but that's also like that's so accurate with the lyrics, right? Of like, you were never mine. Like, Mm -hmm. I remember thinking I had you like, yeah, it's you're the. You're the other woman in this love triangle. Exactly. But yeah, it's definitely another woman in the love triangle. I mean, it's it's women through and through in this Women album. all over. <laughs> so yeah, I just, I love the love triangle part of it because that storyline just like really is, gets me. Becca, are there any other gay lines or gay songs that we should talk about? Because I know there's still some more gay shit that we haven't gotten to. Oh my god, there's so many. How do I how do I even choose? I really one of my favorite songs on the album I think is Invisible String. Mm-hmm. I feel like Invisible String is a metaphor for queerness in general of like realizing that you're queer. And so um the line time curious time gave me no compasses, gave me no signs were there clues I didn't see. I mean, that's sort of what we talked about before of like thinking about things that happened in your childhood and be like, oh, like I should have realized when I was like obsessed with the Disney princesses, like that meant that like maybe I wasn't straight. And so Hmm. that was something that really resonated with me. And then someone on Twitter pointed out to me uh, because I had written about this album for The Advocate that the line gave me blue, then purple, pink skies is the color of the bisexuality. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I can't think of the song any other way. So yeah, um, definitely really like that one. It's also like it's very obviously like the whole like red string of fate thing, which like, I mean, I don't know, maybe I just only read queer fan fiction, but like that is such a common queer fan fiction trope, right? Like that, I don't, I can't think of a ship that someone has written fan fiction about that does not somewhere have a red string of fate story, right? Like they're, they're all, it, or thousands. I mean, they're just like such a common trope. So. What is a red string of fate? I'm sorry that I don't know. It, the red the red string of fate is like the it's basically soulmates, right? It's like you have two characters who are like tied together and they are like meant for each other and like nothing else that happens in their life. Like even if they're like, you know, say you had like, oh, we dated in high school, but then we broke up and we drifted apart and we uh, on different continents. But then you find your way back together again because, you know, and it's like and usually there's like some type of vivid imagery of threads or strings or like something in there or like the color red or like something it's it's like a very very common trope you know so it's like you you see a song like this as like a queer person who who is into fan fiction and you're just like ah gay i see it <laughs> so do you think taylor is into fanfic as well 
I mean, look, I mean, I'm, not, I'm not gonna say what she is or isn't into. I'm just telling you what's in fan fiction a lot. That's okay. all. <laughs> Wait, Taylor Swift is on Tumblr? Yeah, I was doing some research for this podcast and there was like this whole theory about all of these posts that she had liked on Tumblr that had rainbows on them and like queer imagery. So I think she's like really. Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about that, let's talk about the freaking me music video. Well, yeah, I mean, good Lord, like anyone remember when that song dropped on Lesbian Visibility Day and was just like an explosion of rainbows start to finish and you were like, uh, What is happening? It was a lot, but also wonderful. But a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> just like, I love gay people. I want you to know. But that's like, okay, that's thanks, what I Taylor. think is that's what I think is funny about the whole Taylor Swift thing. Cause it's like I know and I know that there are people who are tensely invested in the conspiracy theory breadcrummy trail of um, of what, you know, what is or is not the truth about Taylor Swift. But the thing that I think is funny is just, like, even just at a very surface level, like, as someone who's not really into all of it, like, even just the very, like, top-level obvious stuff, you're like, how would someone keep tripping into these things <laughs> unintentionally? Is this, is this time for us to dive into Kayler? Well, we should at least touch on it, right? I mean, I know, I know, we're we're getting a little long on time, but it, it we should just right, at least so like dip our toes in, right? Let's do it, Becca. Give us give us a the Spark Notes version of what's going on in the in the Taylor what Swift. What is Kaler? In Kaler. <laughs> so, uh, Kaler is the theory that Carly Kloss, uh, who was a Victoria's Secret model. Uh, and Taylor Swift are dating or were dating. It's unclear. It depends on exactly uh, how deep your theory is. Um, <laughs> and so people think that they started dating uh, around 2014. Uh, and there's some videos of them touching and kissing that make it possible that that's the truth. Um, and I personally think that um, Mirrorball is about Carly Kloss because she talks about um, being on, you'll find me on my tallest tiptoes, spinning in my highest heels, love shining just for you. And Carly Kloss is 6'2", and Taylor Swift is 5'10". And so the idea that I had when first listening to that song was like, okay, Car- uh, Taylor Swift is going to be on her tallest tiptoes because she's trying to reach Carly Kloss to kiss her. <laughs> love it. So that's where my brain went. And yeah, I think, I think there are other songs also on the album that I think could be about Carly Kloss, but curious what you guys think wait what are the other what are the other songs that are because i i will have to say i'm not that well versed in the kaler theory earlier today i started looking at a powerpoint presentation that was incredible i barely got through half of it because i didn't have enough time i'm fascinated by it i love that people are doing so much in-depth research, but I don't. I love I don't the conspiracy theory enough. level of I deep do not dives. Know enough, yeah, I will say. Well, part of part of the thing about Betty too is that Carly's Carly Kloss's middle name is Elizabeth. Yes. yes. Right. And so I think there's like that because that was one of the first ones that I saw pop up as people are like, a not only is Betty the gay song ever written, but like also is this like a very not subtle call out to Carly Kloss. Yes, you also- have you have Betty and James Taylor in a song. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what we're saying. What's what's this about? I will say too, like so, I I went on vacation with my family over the summer, and my cousins were there. So they're freshmen and sophomore in college, and so like it was sort of cool to get to hang out with them 
because like they've always been a lot younger than me and now they're like a little bit closer to my age in like you know what I mean like there's like a difference between just like a 10 year old and and whatever so so we bonded over Kaylor and that was cracking me up that like this was this was the thing that I'm like connecting with my college cousins on <laughs> like they were the ones who told me that Carly Kloss's middle name was Elizabeth they were like oh you have to know this and all this other stuff <laughs> they know all the like, secrets yeah I was like wow okay so this runs deep like this is generation this is generational you know Taylor Swift yes. transcends age <laughs> yes well and I will say I mean as with as with you know any real fandom that kind of gets into like shipping real people like it gets to some places I think that uh I don't I don't know about but I think the the surface level stuff I think it's fun and uh and I I kind of get a kick out of like what people find to like you know pull out of some of the the songs and the lyrics and stuff because it just it, it kind of cracks me up a little bit <laughs> I love it in the powerpoint that I was looking at they were like um this I just loved this that they said this they were like like if you're gonna attack us for this like you can speculate about the songs being about a man just as much as we can speculate about right. the songs being about a woman. Like she didn't doesn't actually have pronouns in there. So it's yeah. not like whatever you have in your head is is fine. Also, whatever we have in our head is fine. So like, let's not don't don't yuck our yum kind of. And I was like, yes, I agree. Yeah. Well, and it is the other thing that I have to say, because so folklore as a Taylor Swift album is is different right i mean it's different than a lot of her other stuff it's a different vibe it's a different um style it's a different tonal space kind of you know um but it's also different in that it is like very doing the whole third person thing is not something she's really done before like i think most of her songs there's always been the understanding that these are like very biographical right like which is Absolutely. why I got such a kick out of Blank Space when it came out, because I'm like, there's no, like, secret that you're writing this about you and, like, making fun of your own image, and, like, I kind of love that. So this is, like, a, a departure in a lot of ways to do this. And so I do think it's interesting that there are a number of songs in this album that if she's stepping into a third-person narrative, they are told from what many people seem to think would be a male perspective. So I don't know. I don't know why when you decide to make that third person narrative jump, you suddenly want to sing about girls all the time. Interesting. Interesting is all I'm saying. It's a it's a choice, you know? <laughs> so I'm just going to leave that there and say I, I certainly can't say anything um, definite one way or the other. But, you know, uh, as someone who certainly loves um, queering up songs by either changing the pronouns to make them about girls or writing them so that they are about girls, I don't know. <laughs> I love it. That's it. all I'm gonna say, folks. That's where I'll leave that. <laughs> I love it. We are not really gonna talk about ships because basically the ship is Kaler. Yeah. Right. Or or James and Betty, I ship Jetty. Okay, Jetty. I like that. Also, this whole episode, Ellie, I really um think we should make a shirt that just says like just a lesbian named James. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, like James could be short for Jamie. I mean, I'm just That's saying I, I, we may have that happening in something that we are working on right now. Exactly. Like, it's fine. It's very gay. Which I didn't even notice consciously until you just said that. But, um, yeah, it's possible I may or may not have already written songs where a Jamie gets called James. Exactly. Do we have any final gay thoughts before we go into our Q&A? Anything that we missed 
because I know we're going to have a lot of really hardcore fans in the audience. Oh, God. The emails and we're going to get when this airs. I know. <laughs> if you have other gay things that we miss, please send us an email. Let us know. We'd love to talk about it. We just have a limited amount of time. But, Becca, is there anything that we missed that we need to talk about? Oh, there's just so many things. I think... <laughs> I think the last thing that I'm going to say is probably about The One, which is the first song on the mm. album, which is one of my favorite songs. Uh, she has a line, you meet some woman on the internet and take her home. And I'm like, what straight man meets a woman on the internet? You don't need the internet. You have the world at your fingertips. I so thought just that gonna, as well. Lesbians meet on TikTok she, these days. Just okay. going to put that out there. Also, I'm like, <laughs> 30 minutes later. Um, <laughs> also, we're going to go through the lyrics of One. But there's a line... I think it's in the one about chosen family, right? Yes, that is such a queer, yes. I have never heard that term used in a straight way. No. Never. No. Like queer culture. (laughs) We own that. Give it back straight. It's ours. It's ours. So, but I think she knows that. Uh, I think she does too. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, the the other thing about this is, and this, I guess this will be my my final closing thought, is um, Taylor Swift, I think, regardless of of you know what what we aren't and aren't gonna say kind of jokingly about the songs and what they might mean about her sexuality i think taylor swift as a person um has shown a desire and willingness to be like a really strong ally to queer people and to the queer community and i don't think that she is ignorant of a lot of these a lot of these things i think that that the terms that she's using like a lot of these things um feel very specific in terms of like they are queer culture and I think that she knows that very well you know so yeah I mean can we say why that means she's using them no of course not but um but they are there and I don't think that she is unaware of the fact that like they are things that are going to resonate with a specific group of people yes I agree absolutely I mean her last album she had a line that was shade never makes anybody less gay right I'm like okay let's (laughs) just unpack this uh yeah it's just it's so gay (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, but I think we can all agree that folklore should have been gay. Should have been gay. Should have been gay. All right. It's time for our Q and gay. I'm ready for this one. Are you ready, Becca? Sure. Q. 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 And, 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 and gay. All right. So we're going to ask you some questions, multiple choice, yes or no. You're going to answer them and then we'll put them up on our Twitter for our listeners as well. So the first question, how many Taylor Swift concerts have you been to? A, none, B, one, C, more than one, or D, I hid with the baggage on her tour bus on her reputation stadium tour. Uh, That's great. Uh, (laughs) That would be C, more than one. I have been to two. Fearless and speak now. Nice. Very nice. nice. Question two. Are you Team Kaler? A, yes. B, no. C, if the rumors become more than rumors, I am on that train. I gotta say yes. I mean, there's just there's just too many clues. It's just there's just too much. It's a lot. I get it. It's great. This is a difficult one, but what is the gayest song from folklore? A. Cardigan. B. The one. C. Seven or D. Betty. Gotta go C seven. I love go it. With my gut on that one. Okay. Question four. Are you a skater girl? And I love it because Ellie wrote this with an eight in it. So uh, a a classic shout out. Um, A, I've never skateboarded. B, I can roller skate. Or C, call me Tanya Hawk. That's amazing. Uh, 
I would go A. Yeah. <laughs> I was really having a good time with these You kids. really were. Question number five. What is your favorite Taylor Swift album? A, Fearless, B, Reputation, C, 1989, or D, Folklore? Oh, God. Or write in if, you have, if there's another album that's your favorite. They just all have such different aesthetics. Like, I, I was listening to Lover the day that Folklore was supposed to come out, and I was, like, ready to get hype. And then I was like, oh, this is not the mood of Folklore. No. Uh, <laughs> I can't choose. I got to say all of the above. All of the all above. So good for that's so okay. Different that's fair. reasons. Thank you so much for joining us to, for our first musical should have been gay, uh, which I think amazing. was a huge success. Yes, absolutely. I think uh, this was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This is one of my favorite podcasts, so I was really honored. Yay! We're honored to have you. And we want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff you have coming up. So why don't you tell all of our listeners about Pride and Less Prejudice books? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my mom and I co-founded this nonprofit organization last November called Pride and Less Prejudice. Um, and we are looking for donations, monetary donations, and we buy age-appropriate LGBTQ inclusive books and we donate them to classrooms from pre-K to third grade. I love um, it. And so uh, at the end of August, we launched um, a campaign with um, a bunch of really cool celebrities, Adam Rippon, Rufus Wainwright, Lauren Patton, Nikki Blonsky, uh, Natasha Negavanlis, who you guys might know from Carmilla. And so we are hoping to raise $10,000 uh, so we can provide 800 books um, to classrooms, whether they're uh, meeting virtually or in person. So uh, if you I love that so guys want to check it out, um, we are prideandlesspredjudice.org slash readoutproud is where you can find our campaign video. And there's so that. many good books out there now, too. Like, it's the thing that's really fun as uh, my kids are getting a little older and, like, Eloise especially is starting to get more into, like, you know, like actual, we, we call them like her big kid books, um, but like with, with pages as opposed to like board books and stuff. There's like so many good books out there. It is so easy to introduce kids to so many of these concepts. Um, so that's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's really, it's been great. And uh, yeah. So cool. Check it out. Go donate. Also, where can people find you personally on social media? Yes, absolutely. Um, so I am at Becca DeMonte on Twitter and on Instagram. Becca, thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome. Thank you so much. Let me hear you say hip, 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 okay. We love hearing from you and building community, so we want to shout out some of our favorite things each episode. And I would like to give a shout out to Salen, who is one of my new friends from Shira Trivia. It was really great hanging out with you at Shira Trivia and talking to you after. Uh, and also we want to shout out, and I'm so sorry because again, sometimes over emails we are not positive about pronunciation, so Clara and or Clara, I don't know how you pronounce it, but Clara sent us an email to, uh, you know, just tell us how much the podcast has meant to her, and we just thought it was really sweet. Um, and I loved that she talked about having this uh, compartmentalized little gay corner um, in her brain, surrounded by all of this fake heterosexuality. And, you know, I think that I feel encompasses it. a lot of people's experiences, especially when you're not, uh, you know, not all the way out yet, so... We just wanted to thank you again for that email. It, you know, it just always means a lot to us to hear from all of you. So 
Thanks, Clara and or Clara. And I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. I have to be. One of those has to be wrong. You got this. I'll try, I'll try better next time. We'll start <laughs> asking for pronunciations. And as always, we'd love to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Jess Klaus, Tanya Ferguson, Danny Griswold, Jacqueline Rose Nishino, Sarah and Julia, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Danny Gunlock Tamora, Brittany Ray, Alana Rosen, and Tara Gleason. And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Henley, Liz Chen, and Wendy K. Bartlett. Thank you all so much. You mean the world to us. Remember, you can also find us on all of the social medias. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Less Hangout Pod. You can email us at lesshangoutpod at gmail.com. And you can check out our website at lesshangoutpod.com. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. We also will still have videos going up on our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to youtube.com slash leshangoutpod to make sure that you catch any of those when they go up. And if you want to support the podcast, the easiest way to do that is to rate and review us on iTunes. It is completely free and we love hearing what you have to say. If you want to help support us financially, you can join our Patreon at bit.ly slash lespatreon. It is just, there's so many fun perks for us and for you. <laughs> um, the, the main one, obviously, that we've been talking about a lot is our Discord channel, where we love to go on and chat with all of our patrons. Um, but also, we are going to be starting up our Les Essentials watch parties again. Uh, lots of good stuff, and it just helps us keep making the podcast. If you want to get some Les Hangout merch, you can do that at bit.ly slash shop. We have all kinds of mugs for your winter season coming up. You can put winter is too soon. I'm sorry. Your fall season. You can put your hot apple cider in a Les Hangout mug. You can get a Les Hangout crew neck. There's so much. There's so much to get. You can get it all at bit.ly slash shop. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok at LSH Foster. Oh, we're adding that TikTok. <laughs> we, we have to. We have and to now. And you can find me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.